Welcome to the first Intuition Student Forum podcast. On this episode, we start back thinking about planning your studies. Myself and Dave share our tips, hopefully to get you going on your next unit. We recorded the session in front of a live Zoom audience, and if you'd like to join us for a future session, you can register for them. We'll put a link in our show notes. Well, hello, everybody. We are back. Term has started again for the FI Student Forum podcast. I'm sitting in Cambridge this evening, but I'm really delighted to be joined by my good mate and colleague, David Malthouse. Good evening, Dave. Evening, Ben. And how has your summer been? It's, it seems ages ago. I think we were just saying it was either the first week of July or the last week of June that we were last together on a live session of the Student Forum. Um, it seems ages ago. I've been to Florida for three weeks, had a fantastic time doing all the theme parks at Disney with my my daughters and my wife. Then back into the swing of it over the, the summer, we, we were still going at FI. I know students were still doing some exams over the summer. So I've done a bit of teaching over the summer, but lots and lots of signing up new students, lots of onboarding, which I'm sure you have also been being kept busy with, with your guys in Essex. How's your summer? Summer was great. We... Went to Madeira at the beginning of the summer, where I jumped off cliffs, abseiled down waterfalls. I climbed the biggest mountain on the island, and uh, I, I climbed it before dawn and managed to get to the top of the peak to see the sunrise above the clouds, which was an absolutely fabulous moment. Then came back, had to onboard lots of students, which has been really, really good. Spent a couple of weeks in France with some of my family. So my kids got to play with their cousins and now back in the swing of it, ready to open the doors in about a week's time for our new intake of students. So I think it's about a week from now, maybe two weeks that we should get all of our brand new AAT students knocking on the door for the first time. And I just love that day when they, they start arriving and you get new people arriving and you get to meet the new students that will make up our what our class of 2024 brilliant we we have start points throughout the year but this is historically our biggest intake of new students because a lot of people come to us having graduated from university or finished school or college so this is the time of the year where we see the biggest number of new students join in and if that's you listening to this on the podcast very very lovely to have you with us We pick a theme every week that we talk about in these sessions. So we invite students live. We have got a group of looking at the numbers. We've got over 20 students with us live this evening on a Zoom call. But if you're listening to this as the podcast, you can also interact with us by listening along. You can always email myself and Dave. You can contact us. And if you are free on a Wednesday at six o'clock, it'd be lovely to have you join us for the live session where you can ask some live questions in real time. But as I say, we pick a topic and this evening's topic is starting a new study unit. So, Dave, I was going to pick your brains. You've been around the block a bit with this. This is not your first um, student round of inductions. You must have spoken to hundreds, if not thousands of students over the years who are starting a new study module. Um, And I really wanted to pick your brains on some tips that we can share with listeners as to what they maybe need to be thinking about going into a new study unit. Does that sound like a plan? That that sounds absolutely great, Ben. It is my 18th year of training accountants. So um, I, I'm now, in, in I guess, old enough to drive a car and to vote in a general election based on the number of years that I've been teaching accountants. 
Oh, my goodness. I went to a, a student induction session that one of our local firms was running last week. So I went into their boardroom at the, the practice firm and they've got all the new intake together. So I think there was about 20 new students, all brand new, sitting in this room. And I stood up and said, I joined a practice firm in 1999. Then I asked them to put their hands up if they had been born in 1999. And there wasn't a single hand that went in the air. They were all um, younger than when I first started at work. And I'm sure you're always now in a similar position with with new intakes. We do get some mature students. If you listen to this as someone that's joined slightly later in life, you are very welcome at FI. You're really welcome on all of our courses. but I note that the majority of our new students weren't even born when I started work. And that's a scary thought. It is a scary thought. It is. And and I remember when I first started teaching, feeling that I, I would make the same cultural references, shall we say, in classes to my students and they would understand. And now I think I'm relating more to their parents and the, the movies and music that their parents like rather than them. That's, that's a worry. I was teaching some elementary bookkeeping stuff and a bit of terminology this morning and was talking about the difference between a tangible and an intangible asset. Hopefully people listening, you'll know from your studies the difference between a tangible, a physical asset and an intangible. And I usually relate it back to MC Hammer, because MC Hammer's big UK chart hit was Can't Touch This. I'm sure you've got that in a playlist somewhere, Dave, that you put on for a a cheesy party night. I don't have it in a playlist, but I'm aware of the song then. So I mentioned MC Hammer today to my class and said, as MC Hammer would say, you can't touch this. Therefore, we would be classing it as an intangible asset, something like goodwill, a license, a pattern. And I don't think many in the class got the reference. So I told them all for homework tonight to go and look on YouTube for MC Hammer, expect to see a chap in a a gold jumpsuit dancing around to this, what I think is quite a a culturally popular song. For me, to determine whether something is tangible or intangible, you do the Tribe Core Quest test. Can you kick it? But again, that's a that's a reference that has dated over my lifetime and probably isn't as relevant for many of the listeners. I, I have also done that one, but I'm always fearful of having somebody's manager phone me up after class and saying, Ben, what have you been teaching our students? Two of them have gone out to a client premises and we asked them to verify some tangible assets and they've gone around kicking the um, company cars to see if they are tangible or not. So I, I've dropped the can I kick it, although I do appreciate the reference. Go and Google search A Tribe Called Quest if you, you haven't heard that song either. We're slightly going off topic, but we tend to do that. If you're listening to this for the first time, myself and Dave usually bring stuff back to point, but we do go a bit off topic sometimes, but that's part of the the experience of the First Intuition podcast. So back to tonight's theme, new module, new start, new unit. Where would you suggest a student starts, Dave? If this is a new unit, they've they've literally just thought, I'm going to do this unit. What should be the first thing they now go and do? So you've just decided, Ben, that management accounting is the next unit you're going to do. You like the look of the financial management units. So if it's ICAW, that would be FM. If it's ACCA, it would be FM. Your first step really should be to take some kind of action immediately. And I always think if you're planning to do something, don't just dream it. Actually take positive action towards that end goal. So if you've decided, Ben, that you want to do FM, you know how you study best or how you want to study. So depending on that study methods, you need to get the ball rolling. So that might be that you buy a textbook. So if you decide you can do FM and you normally study by getting hold of a textbook, working through that textbook, practicing questions on your own, 
get onto Amazon right now, order that textbook. If you normally come to a class, then look up the study center that you go to, look at how they book and get yourself booked on that course or phone them up to make sure that there is something available for you. If it's an online class, exactly the same thing. When is the, if it's live online, when are the dates? You know, can you make that booking today? So take that action first, that first step towards, you know, taking the exam, take some kind of positive action. So that's my first step is make sure that you've taken some kind of action. If you don't, then in a week's time, you'll be thinking, oh, I really should get that book. Okay. Oh, well, maybe a week after that, you're thinking, oh, I really should get that book right now. Before you know it, you've eaten into a month of your study because you haven't taken that initial action. So whenever you've decided you're going to do something, take that positive action straight away. Brilliant. And I would just chip in at that point. We have got students studying under lots of different methods under lots of different funding and finance arrangements. If you're paying for the studies yourself, um, cost of living crisis, we get it, guys. We understand that the cost of everything has gone up. Speak to the team at FI. Dave, have you experienced any students saying any chance you could kind of look at um, a, a payment plan for our studies? Help us out. I'm sure we can agree that with you. So speak to FI. We want you to study. We want to support you. We will do our very, very best to find a study method that works for your budget. Also aware that lots of students um, do that with the support of their employer. And that's fantastic. Really, really good if your employer will help part fund at least some of your studies. But appreciate that maybe slows down the process a bit because you'll need to get that funding approved. You'll need to speak to the budget holder and you might want to involve some government funding. So if you're doing it under the apprenticeship scheme, that requires a formality to the sign up and a bit of a process to get that funding in place. So as Dave said, act now. If you want to do it with the support of your employer, go to speak to someone at work tomorrow. Drop someone an email and say, I would really like to do this study course. I've looked into it. I've got some figures. Speak to somebody at First Intuition if you want some help with that, putting a budget together. If you're doing it yourself, look at finances, contact First Intuition. And as I say, the team will do whatever they can to work out a a payment schedule that will work for you. Excellent. Next step, you've decided that's what you're going to do. Now, I'm going to make an assumption right now that you are not coming to a classroom course and that you are not doing a structured live online product uh, course because if you're doing those things, you will have a study plan mapped out for you. Your tutor, people like Ben are going to sit there and they're going to put together a plan for you and they're going to be teaching you in line with that plan and they're giving you guidance about the things that you need to do and when you need to do them and to make sure you get things done to get you through to the exam. And my advice to you is listen to what they say and do the stuff that they say. Generally, I find that students that are unsuccessful in exams tend to be the students that don't listen to Ben. Now, if you listen to Ben and when Ben says, I would like you to do these 10 questions over the next week, do the 10 questions. When Ben says, if you struggle with any of these questions, send me an email and I will explain how you go about attacking a question like this. Do exactly as he says. I know so many students that either don't do the work and that's always an issue because, you know, Ben, the work you need to do to get through the exam and students that get something wrong, but don't ask for help. That's what we're paid to do is, is to help. So anyone that's doing any of those courses, you will get a study plan mapped out for you and do the things you're told to do. So I'm going to focus on those of you that are not doing those things. Okay, so those of you that are, are studying 
and you're doing it with the support of a book. I know I even have heard of someone that has studied for ACCA exams using only free online resources. So using the ACCA syllabus that they print out from the ACCA's website, going through it line by line to research individual areas of that syllabus to make sure they understand it using kind of Wikipedia, using academic research papers, using the ACCA's own study resources. So it's possible to do it. I mean, it would take a phenomenal amount of time, but you could study in that way. So we'll focus on those people that are don't have the support. The first thing to do is to put together a plan. We're now in September 2023. Your exam, if you're doing, say, ACCA or ICOW, will be in December. If you're doing an AAT exam, today is still September. You need to map out roughly where you think you're going to be taking the exam. Now, in terms of splitting your studying time by the tasks that we need to do, there's two phases of your studies. And we talk about them being as a taught phase and a revision phase. So there's a learning phase where you're learning the syllabus content. There's the revision phase where you're applying that knowledge to exam standard questions and you're getting yourself exam ready. A lot of students don't know how to split their time. And a lot of students focus too much on that learning and not enough on the preparation for the exams, not enough exam question practice. So people will run right up till the day of the exam and say, I haven't ever looked at a mock exam. I've not done exam standard questions. And you're really going to struggle if you don't know what's coming up in the exam. And I, I always talk about, Ben, it's, it's like going out to play a game of football if all you've done is lots of gym training. You're really physically fit but you've never kicked a ball against someone else. So you've got to make sure that you're game ready and you've had that match practice. So how I would do it, and this is my my hack for anyone that is stuck about how to plan their studies. Go onto the First Intuition website. Go to First Intuition, find details for Ben Centre in Cambridge. You could do mine in Chelmsford. You could do any of the centres, but go to Ben Centre in, in Chelmsford and find details for the classroom course in the subject you're studying. So we're looking at FM. Find the course details for Ben's FM course. And on it, it will have talk course and it will have revision course. Look at the dates because Ben structured his course to give people enough time to learn the material in the talk course phase and then have enough time to do revision in the revision phase. It's a look at those weeks and just say, I'm going to steal that and I'm going to do my learning in the period Ben's teaching. And then I'm going to do my question practice in the period that Ben's doing his revision and split your time into those two two elements. Okay, I would do it on a big spreadsheet and have every day mapped out on my spreadsheet. And then I would color code this block of time learning, this block of time exam question practice. That's a brilliant tip. And I still fear that too many students um, look at their course notes or look at their textbook. And would say, oh, it's been broken down into what would you say on average, Dave, 10 chapters, 15 chapters yep. in a, a standard set of notes or around those those kind of numbers and would say, right, I plan to get to the end of chapter 15 and then I should be ready to sit my exam the week after. And that clearly is not what you've just advised, is it? You need to factor in. I need to go through chapters one to 15 and then usually give yourself anywhere between a further four or five weeks potentially to then practice the questions that cover all of the areas of those chapters go back to areas that you need to revise and recap 
And that's the way we would normally structure classes. I think you need to think, how long is it going to take me to get through my study material? And then factor in that time for doing your question practice, doing mocks, doing some revision. And I know everybody's time is different, but I would say usually that revision phase, Dave, what are we thinking anywhere from three to five weeks for an average yeah. student? Yeah, I, I think where we are in September right now, September to December, you're looking at what well, September, October, November, call it three months because you kind of got half months in there. Yeah, I think split that into two six week periods, six weeks for learning, six weeks for exam prep, maybe a little bit more for learning, but not a huge amount more for learning. I, I liken it to doing any task. I don't care what it is, whether it's playing piano, whether it's playing guitar, whether it's learning to bake bread, whether it's learning to cut hair, whether it's making furniture. If you're doing any of those practical things, how much time do you spend reading a book about how to do it? And how much time do you actually spend doing it in order to get good? You know, the first time we make a loaf of bread, it doesn't rise. It tastes horrible. It's got too much salt in it because a pinch of salt really isn't three teaspoons. But over time, the more you practice doing that thing, the better you get. You're not going to get better by rereading the book again and again and again and again. Now, I'm not going to be able to cut hair any better because I read a book four times. But if I've cut 30 people's hair, I'm going to get better. And it's no different when it comes to accountancy. You've got to practice doing the thing, whatever that thing is, more than you're actually spending time reading about that thing. Brilliant. That's a really great tip. So hopefully giving you some perspective of a time horizon. As I say, this is where some students will start planning it out on a, a wall chart at home. Other people will have a diary, an electronic system for planning their time. What would be your next tip, Dave? So we, we know which unit. We've now planned some time for tuition learning and revision question practice. What else would you be considering today? So we first of all did big plan. Big plan is I need to do this exam in December. And I planned for that. I've got my start point because I met, took that positive action straight away. Now I've mapped out how much time I'm going to spend on each part of learning and each part of exam prep. My next step is to then break that plan down into smaller parts. So I've determined I've got six weeks to learn this material before I start applying it to exam questions. I look at my book that's now arrived from Amazon because they do next day delivery on Amazon Prime, which is really handy. And I say six weeks, how many chapters are in my book? Okay. That, that, and I would do it roughly by chapter. It's not perfect, but looking at the chapters in my book, there are 12 chapters. So 12 chapters over six weeks, that tells me I should be covering two chapters worth of work every week. That's how it maps out to me. So now I've broken down that six week learning phase into fortnights, sorry, into, into weeks where I'm studying two unit, two chapters per week. So next week, I'm going to be doing chapter one, chapter two. When am I going to do that? So now I'm breaking down my two week plan into 14 days. What am I going to do over those 14 days? How am I going to fit my study into those 14 days? So that's my next step is to break it down into a plan for 14 days. And I do something similar when I'm planning a class. I will still largely look at how many pages have we got in the course notes and then say, how many days have I got? And do a quick bit of division to say, right, I need to cover X number of pages per day with the class. Um, different people study with different texts. If you're using first intuition material, I would suggest doing the chapters in order occasionally in class we kind of flip things around but the people that write the material usually write it in a logical order that will see you through 
So I would suggest you start with chapter one, as you say, and then go through two, three, four, five in sequence. Agreed. That's unless there's a good reason not to. I would always do it in the in the order that the authors put it together. There's a reason they put it that way. Sometimes the reason is because the ACCA syllabus is laid out in that order. Sometimes it's because that's the logical story to follow. Okay, so we, we've got a bit more of a, a detailed plan now. We know which chapters we're going to be looking at, which weeks in our tuition phase. What would we look to do next if we want to fully prepare for our new module? Okay, this is the important part, Ben. So everything else, I think people normally can get to grips with pretty quickly. Actually planning for the work that you're doing is the hardest part. And I would say most students plan their studies incorrectly. And what most students will do is they will have, and and it's typical of everyone that's going back to school right now. We've got kids all over the country going back to secondary school, to primary school, to sixth form college, people going back to university. They're all going back with new pencils, new pens, a fresh pad of paper. They've told their parents this term they're going to work really, really hard. And they say every night I'm going to come home and I'm going to do all of my homework immediately the day that it sets. And they come home on Monday and they sit there and for an hour and a half, they do all their homework and they do the same on Tuesday and they do the same on Wednesday and they do the same on Thursday and they do the same on Friday. Then it gets to week number two and suddenly it's all my mates are out. I I, want to go out and play with my friends and suddenly things fall apart. And the reason for that is because you're not planning your studies correctly. You shouldn't make studying the number one priority in your daily plan or your weekly plan. Your first, the first thing that you should do is when you're planning for say a week is number one, you should put everything into that plan that you have to do. So work, you've got to go there, put that in your plan. You've got to, you know, eat food. So put some time for eating food in there. So do all the things you have to do and plan for those first. The next thing that you do is you plan for the things that you love to do. So is there anything you love to do? Do you play football? Do you play hockey? Do you play cricket? Do you play netball? Do you play any sport? Do you sing in a choir? Do you just like hanging out with your friends on a Thursday night? You know, is that something that's really special to you? Do you have a board games night that you like to play? And find those things that you love and put those into your plan next. Make time for the things that you love. The reason people quit their studies and abandon them and say it's too hard is because they give up everything that they love in favour of studying. And they realise that life is horrible if you don't do the things you love. So plan the things you love second, then plan your studies. When have you got free time? So you put the things you have to do. You know, so I have to take my kids to their sports. You know, I have to make sure that, you know, that they eat. I have to make sure I eat. I have to make sure I work. I do the things that I love and then I plan my studies around them. And I, I plan my studies so I, I can fit them in. And I know on Thursdays, I can't do anything. I'm taking kids stuff. But Wednesdays after the podcast, then I've got an hour and a half where I could do some work. Sundays, my kids play sports on a Sundays. That's a write-off. But Saturday afternoon, I could probably do something then. So you're starting to fill your diary with time that you can use to study where you don't resent it because you're doing the stuff that you love. Okay? And some, I love the fact someone's actually put a comment here and said, everyone needs a Friday night. For me, 
going out on a Friday night with my friends was something that was immovable. So when I was doing my A-levels, when I was studying my degree, when I was studying my accountancy exams, Friday night was, was uh, I imagine, for, like for many people, Sunday morning going to church. I didn't give up my Friday night because I wanted to go out with my friends. I would still work on a Saturday morning, though. I'd still work on a Sunday morning. I'd still work on a Thursday night. So I'd still do that study, but I wouldn't give up the things that I love. So then build your study plan around the things you love and the things that, that you have to do. Now, what that does is it, one, make sure that your life is bearable because you're doing the things you love. But what it also does is it means that you don't get caught up with those things that burn time. They're not really things you love, but they just take time from you, like playing that mobile phone game. Or, or like scrolling through your social media feeds or just putting something mindless on TV because it's going to kill two hours. If you're planning for that study time, brilliant. And then you've got any other time, you can do those things. Now, if, if you said, oh, actually, I've done an hour and a half's worth of study on a Thursday. It's 8.30 at night. I am going to put Netflix on. I'm going to watch something. And you'll feel no guilt for doing it because you've done the study that you've planned. And that's a horrible feeling, isn't it? The feeling you get to the end of your third week and you think, I've not done enough study this week. And you're really feeling terrible. You're feeling guilty, but you need to be proactive. You need to plan for it. You need to realise there are going to be days that you fall off and things crop up and get in the way. But you need to be very disciplined. You really, really do need to be disciplined with yourself. I promise you, you will feel much better for it when you get to the end of the week or the end of the month. Mm. And most importantly, you'll feel much better for it when you're then sitting in the exam. Because there is no feeling worse, I think, in the study cycle than the day of your exam thinking, I haven't done enough for this exam and I know I haven't done enough. And I now look back and think all of the time that I wasted that's a horrible feeling. It's a real shame that people feel like that, but you are the person that can take control of that one. I'm sure you would echo that that sentiment, Dave. I agree. There's the best feeling in the world, or one of the best feelings in the world, is going to an exam knowing that you've done all the work that you can and knowing that you're comfortable. Now, I recognise sometimes we're unsuccessful in the exam, and that can be through no fault of our own. But I personally wouldn't have a problem myself if I'm unsuccessful in the exam, but I did everything that I possibly could. Now, for me, the times when I have failed exams have been either because I have been unprepared or alternatively, I've done everything I possibly can, but I wasn't doing the right things and I needed help. So I don't feel that bad about failing something because I worked hard, but did the wrong thing and I need help. But going into an exam and being unsuccessful because you didn't do enough work, you know that when you come out of the exam. And that's when you've got lots of regret. And that's when you feel, I think, very guilty. And it's also a blinking expensive way to do it because the exams are not cheap. And if you're going to have to stump up the, the, the funds for a reset, you want that reset to be one that you think, do you know what? I did give that everything. I, I, I invested the time. We invest lots of money in study, but I think there is an equal, if not bigger, investment of time. And we can't get around that one. It's going to take time. But planning for it, sticking to that plan, monitoring that plan is the, the, the real way to go. 
Dave, I'm conscious that we're getting towards the end of time for this evening, but is, is there any other bits that you wanted to raise with regards to preparation for the students that are listening to this, eager to get going with their, their next study unit? For me, the key to success is always planning and putting together a really good plan. And I think having that plan is where you really do set the seeds for success. I do believe whenever you, you know, you're setting course for anything, taking action immediately is really important because that tells me that is the start date. And how many times, Ben, have you spoken to people where they've said the diet starts on Monday or I'm going to get fit next month? Okay. No, what you want is if I'm going to, if I'm serious about a diet and to be honest, Ben, I put on a lot of weight over the, uh, over summer. I went to France. I ate more cheese than it's healthy for a human being to eat. And I'm carrying a few pounds. It was a bit embarrassing to be around the pool towards the end of my holiday. I came home and said, no, I need to, I need to lose some weight. And I've been eating a really healthy diet, fresh fruit, fresh vegetables, been very, very little kind of red meat, eating fish, even though I don't particularly like it, but it started immediately. It was like, I need to do this. I'm going to do it. I know how easy it is to say I'll start next week and next week never ever comes. So taking action today is massively, massively important. Something that you mentioned, Ben, that I also think is important. You said don't beat yourself up about things. If you, fall off the study wagon and you miss a study session so I, I was meant to study on Wednesday but I got home from work I was so tired I put the tv on and I just sat there and watched it I fell asleep and I just didn't get the chance to study don't beat yourself up about it okay, that, that's one study session you've missed you can catch up on missing one make sure you study the next study session that you've set make sure you study the next one don't try and pile it on and say, I've lost an hour and a half. I've got to add an extra hour and a half on because then you're going to start missing out on the things that you love. You're going to start burning out. So you've missed one. Okay. Make sure you don't miss the next. Okay, so it's again, like getting fit. Hey, go for a run today. You've got your running program. You're going to go running three times a week. I missed one. I only did two this week. Okay. Well, make sure you do three next week. They say everyone falls over once in a while. Don't let that be the thing that stops you from doing the next study block. Really sound advice, Dave. I think if I was finishing up with one final thought, I think quite often our role as a tutor, yes, we can share with you technical knowledge. Yes, we can show you how to answer questions. But I think one of the key things we provide students is an element of accountability. Somebody that has communicated the plan with you and we'll check in with you at regular points to find out how's it going. Are you on track? Have you done what we said you should be doing in the last week, in the last month? If you've got a tutor, use them for that. If you haven't, if you're doing this completely self-study on your own back, either find somebody else that will hold you accountable. Find a relative, a close friend, share your study plan with them and say, I'm going to ask you now, could you just ask me every week? Drop me a text, drop me an email, WhatsApp me, ask me on Friday night when I'm out, how's your study gone this week? What have you done? Um, if you've genuinely got no one you can ask, do it for yourself. Write yourself a little letter now and say, open me on next Wednesday. And in that letter, write, how's study gone this week? Find some way that you will make yourself accountable to tell people or tell yourself how your study plan is going. 
and use that as a way to hopefully try and stick with it. With that in mind, myself and Dave will be around now for Wednesday nights. We are back up and running. If you want to use this as your accountability session, please do so. Please come back and join us live on a Wednesday at six o'clock. Um, use the podcast as the next thing because we won't disappear on these subjects. We quite often bring back the same subjects time and time again because genuinely we all need reminding of these things. We, we, we make no apologies for repeating subjects. If we feel they are particularly prominent and relevant to your studies, we're going to talk about them on numerous occasions. So hopefully there is an element of accountability we can provide. But I'm conscious we've gone past the magic seven o'clock. Um, so I'm going to say... That's all for this evening. Dave, would you like to do the final wrap up for this evening's podcast episode? Thank you very much, Ben. It is great to be back after the, the summer break. We have got a huge library now of podcast episodes. Something that I I was rather proud of over the summer is the ACCA released, released details of their very first uh, pre-release case study. And um, I, I know, Ben, you teach ACC at that level. And their case study was on the airline industry. So it, it's a, a subject that interests lots of people. But we actually have a podcast episode where we look at the finance. Uh, we called it Flying into Finance. And it was a, a, an interview that I did with two experts in the finance industry, one that runs the finances of an airline, one that runs the finances of a airport. And we discussed all things finance in the in the industry of aviation. And it was, for me, a fascinating conversation. I loved it. But I found when I came back from holiday that there was a real buzz about that episode because people really wanted to hear what these experts had said about the industry that they were going to be examined on. So I was really proud that we done something there that that's now the ACCA have released that case study other people can benefit from so please look back at some of the episodes that we that we've put uh, that we put out there please give us your feedback so if you particularly enjoyed something we'd love to hear it um you can either comment directly to, to ben and i via our emails or alternatively just leave a comment on that podcast episode whichever server you use service you use and we'll be able to pick it up if you get the chance to could you please leave us a, a star review it really does help to kind of amplify the podcast and gets people listening but until then if you've been walking running or in the bath listening to us we really appreciate your time we'll see you next week for another weekly episode of the first intuition podcast